Welcome to Yikes, Now I'm a Homeschooler. This is a podcast for those who find themselves homeschooling because of COVID or just because they want to with Laura Seiler and Lisa Sharp. And we have over 50 years of combined experience homeschooling. I'm Lisa. And I'm Laura. And we're here to help you muddle through this situation you find yourself in. So grab a cup of coffee and welcome to the adventure. Well, hello there. We are back again with another episode of Yikes, Now I'm a Homeschooler. And so today we're going to be talking about the nuts and bolts of trying to keep all the balls in the air. You know, you've got the housework and the groceries and the meals and um, somewhere in there you have to do school. So today we're going to talk a a little bit about um, how you keep it all going. Oh gosh, I don't really know. I'm feeling (laughs) a little overwhelmed just with that title. And um, I can remember feeling very overwhelmed just managing a house with uh, preschoolers and toddlers and not even really attempting to add homeschooling in with that. And so I can just imagine how uh, that a lot of our listeners are feeling a little overwhelmed with everything. Maybe like they thought they had the balls in the air, but some of them have uh, landed on the floor and exploded. And now and what do you do? just add a pandemic. Yeah, oh gosh, just <laughs> add a pandemic. Yeah. Although, it, it, uh, you know, if everybody's at home, then you have a, a captive uh, cleaning crew. True. So to speak. Yeah. So to speak. Yeah. You know, you're talking about feeling overwhelmed. I look over my shoulder at times and I think about those days and I think, how did I do that? Well, I think the positive thing is that you survived. (laughs) That is absolutely the positive thing. And for all the parents that are out there listening, you will too, I promise. Mm -hmm. And, and honestly, it doesn't really matter if your house is really clean or not. Yeah. You will survive either way. And it's um, uh, a lot of it has to do with your own personal comfort level for cleanliness and order. Uh, what kind of a housekeeper are you, Lisa? Oh, don't even ask. I'm global. I'm scattered. I'm here and there. My mother says I clean around, <laughs> which means I go from room to room and try to do something. And, you know, it's just I've just never been that person, partly because I was global and partly because when I was growing up, we grew up on a farm and my father's priority was for us to be in the field. So my mother never had a chance to teach us anything about housework. I really had to learn everything that I know about cleaning when I became an adult. Wow. Wow. How about you? Well, um, my husband and I both have a really high tolerance for clutter and, (laughs) and mess. Um, and I'm not the, I'm not the, um, most diligent house cleaner. I don't know if you noticed as you walked in, there was uh, some dust bunnies here and there. And uh, to- I did not, but if I don't notice them in my house, I'm certainly <laughs> going to notice them in yours. Yeah. So uh, what was it like? So you had the three girls, which uh, stereotypically would mean that you definitely have um, chore helpers there. I don't want to be too stereotypical, but um, I would imagine that you probably made sure that they knew how to do the the main housekeeping things in hopes of some in knowing that someday they would most likely have a home of their own, which they all do. They left home knowing a lot more than I did when I left home. Yeah. Yeah. How did you make that happen? Um, You know, honestly, one of the things that was a mixed blessing is that uh, because of the way that we live our lives and the career that my husband has, we entertained all the time. 
And that in itself kind of forces you to do things that might not be on your radar screen or on your schedule. Mm -hmm. So early on, excuse me, my girls learned things like how to clean a bathroom well, Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, you need to make sure that there are no Legos where someone could step on them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, that in itself is a strong motivator. Yeah, definitely. Having company over is great. I, 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 we joke that that's uh, the way to get the house clean. <laughs> we do too. Invite somebody over for dinner or yeah. have, have, uh, now it's have kids come home. Um, yep. You know, you clean a little bit more. But um, did you use any kind of chore charts or anything with your we, girls? We did. Um, in fact, I can't even remember. I found something for Rebecca at um, a local uh, uh, school supply store that uh, we kept posted. And if she, Um, This is when she was like four-ish. We started out with, uh, you know, if you could do these benchmarks um, for five days in a row, then there would be a treat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, You know, and to me, you can call it bribery if you want to, but for me, it was positive reinforcement of something I wanted her to learn. I agree. What was an example of one of the uh, things on there that she would be rewarded for? Um, for instance, keeping her bed made every day mm-hmm. for five days. Um, at four, they're going to do a terrible job at that, but the effort is there and they're learning the skill and they're learning more than that, the routine that it needs to get done every day. Um, or making sure that all of her toys were picked up at bedtime. And that didn't always happen. And um, on days when she really didn't have a lot of control about that, then, you know, we kind of gave her a pass. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad to hear that that didn't always happen at your house because <laughs> it didn't always happen at my house either. One one little uh, similar thing we did in our house was we had a morning routine. And I think I may have even written it on the mirror with lipstick at one point. And it was five things. It was wash your face, brush your teeth, comb your hair, make your bed and get dressed. And just establishing that kind of regular pattern. And this was with little ones, you know, that's why I drew the pictures on the mirror with lipstick and they'll never forget it. They'll never forget it. And it, it, uh, honestly making your bed, was that one of them? Comb your hair, brush your teeth, wash your face, get dressed, make your bed. Yeah. Making the bed was one that almost never got done when they lived at home, but I will never forget when, I can't remember which child it was, came home from college and I walked past their room and the bed was made. <laughs> I thought, oh my goodness. Peer pressure. It, it, it happened. It worked. Somehow it worked. All those years of just knowing they were supposed to make the bed and not making it, it still sunk in. So yeah. uh, I would say, don't give up. Just, just keep plug, plugging along and and uh, they'll catch on. They'll catch on. They might be 20 years old before they catch on, but they will. They totally will. Um, and, you know, one of the things that is such a joy is when you get to a point, even before they leave home, I, I remember distinctly about my children when they would get to about, I don't know, 10th, 11th, 12th grades. Um, all of a sudden, they would recognize that they couldn't function in an environment that was overly messy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would choose because they preferred uh, to keep their environment neater. Mm-hmm. I had one son in particular who recognized that about himself and he would 
He would make order in his room and it really helped him to focus and study to not have the distraction of all the clutter. So uh, he didn't definitely didn't get that from me. Yeah. So I, I can ignore it. I'm really good at ignoring. I'm good at that too, unfortunately. Yeah. I have piles of things everywhere in every room. Yeah, I do too. Um, the paper piles are a constant source of frustration uh, for my husband, who is a little bit of a neatnik. Um, but will you work it out? Yeah, that's good. Um, what kind of uh, other... Uh, I don't want to say programs or uh, how about some tips, uh, tips for uh, cultivating an environment that's kind of orderly. Um, even if, you know, even if you're a naturally messy person like you and I are, you still want to cultivate orderliness in your children. You know, that's a good thing. Everybody wants to do that. Everybody, you know, it just makes sense that you would want to strive toward that even if you're not naturally like that. So did you use anything in particular to kind of create that environment of moving towards order in your home? You know, I tried a lot of different things and didn't find any one thing that worked really well for me. Um, I, there were a number of different methods that I tried. You know, I, I was good about the research part about trying to find something that would work, um, but I couldn't, uh, find something that could always be implemented for me. Um, so we kind of skipped around uh, for different things. I know you and I were kind of talking this morning about some different things that we tried. Uh, one of those for me that probably worked better than another. And um, that I'm, I'm not sure I trained my children to do this, but I kind of see this um, is the Williamsburg method, which is that at, uh, Colonial Williamsburg, uh, the cleaning teams for all of those houses, especially the governor's mansion, um, has one day a week that they clean a particular room and they do it from floor to ceiling, everything that needs to get done in that room. And so there is a regular rotation for rooms. And I would say that to some degree, I've kind of maintained that. I, I kind of keep doing that, not, not all the time, but um, so that's one thing. Um, but the important thing, first of all, before you even get started, I think, is teaching children the difference between things that are okay to wait and things that are filth, you know, that, mm -hmm. that you just can't leave. Mm -hmm. So, you know, understanding that these things are critical hygiene things that, you know, the family cannot live with. Like the bathroom. Like the bathroom, like dishes, mm -hmm. um, you know. Yeah, yeah. The Williamsburg method that you're, you just mentioned reminds me of, um, of a website I, gosh, started, I, I don't really follow her, but I heard about her probably 20 years ago, and her name is The Fly Lady. Yep. Um, I think she's in the Asheville, North Carolina area, if I'm not mistaken. So she's a little bit of a local girl for us. Um, and I didn't do all of her methods. I think if, if any of our listeners are curious, they, they might want to go check out her website. She's got some, she's just a fun, um, person, personality, and she makes cleaning fun and, and helps you organize. If you really want to get into cleaning your house, um, she's got some really fun tools that you can use. But one of the things that I picked up from her that I used when my kids were at home is called um, the uh, 
the weekly house blessing where she says, you bless your house, you make it happy by doing these uh, seven things. And I just had it pulled up here. Let me see if it's still pulled up. Oh, let's see. Um, yeah, so she says to you, she sets her timer for 10 minutes and she uses a timer a lot, which I think is actually a really useful tool, good for me. especially if yeah. you're getting your kids to work with you. That way they know this chore is not going to last all day. It's going to last 15 minutes. Right. Um, that was very helpful. So use a timer. Uh, she says to set your timer for 10 minutes to work on each of seven ways to bless your home. Well, I didn't do all seven. I'll tell you which one. you can, you guess which one I didn't do. Um, and then, uh, and she says, if you don't have 10 minutes for each, uh, category, then you can do set your timer for two minutes and just do a real quick two minute weekly house blessing challenge. So the first one is vacuum. Then the second one is dust, a quick mop, polish mirrors and doors, purge magazines and catalogs, change sheets and empty all trash cans. In 10 minutes, it would not be sheets. No, no, 10, 10 minutes each. Right. But I'm just saying for, I, if it were me, it would not be sheets. It's not sheets for me either. That was the one I didn't do. Okay. Yeah. And I, you know, since I had four children at home, there were five of us that were available to do the, the weekly house blessing. So we, I think we vacuumed, dusted, polished mirrors, purged magazines and emptied all trash cans. And uh, everybody had their little chore for 10 minutes. So we would do this like on a Friday afternoon before dad got home and before the weekend started, we just kind of do a quick 10 minute cleanup. And that was, that was, very satisfying. Yeah. And so, you know, I hope one of the things that our listeners are hearing in this is that um, us removing the weight of guilt about not doing all seven, you know, recognize again, and I, I, I feel like we're really hammering this uh, podcast after podcast, but I want you to hear it again. And that is the grace about understanding that I have limitations mm -hmm. and um, I need to own that and not feel guilty if I can't do it all and I can't do it perfectly. Um, one of the things I was sharing with Laura earlier too is that um, I always want to do a better job at keeping my home uh, neat. And um, so I actually looked at Pinterest probably a year ago just for some guidance about, you know, what do other people do that they consider something you need to do every day or whatever. And what I came up with was about a bazillion charts of people who said every single day you need to do this and every month you need to do this and three months before Christmas, you need to do this. And what I felt was guilty and um, overwhelmed. Exactly. Yeah. And so, um, you know, those can be helpful as far as reminding you of things that need to get done at some point. Um, the question is, um, am I willing to just let go of that and say, okay, I'm, I'll get to that. But it's not going to be today and it's not going to be every week. Mm -hmm. And when you're homeschooling, you really feel the uh, overwhelming sense of not being able to get it all done because you are devoting a good part of your day to uh, mental planning of the day and sitting down in schooling, keeping kids on task. So it's, it's like you are, you know, you've, you've really split your time and you don't have as much as you would, if your children were in a tr uh, traditional classroom setting, 
away from the house for a while, you know? Um, yeah. So that's definitely something to keep in mind and not be too hard on yourself. If you find yourself all of a sudden because of COVID you're homeschooling now and your house has deteriorated and that's okay. It's probably going to do that. You may just have to shift your expectations, shift your, um, your minimal comfort level of, of cleanliness and order, and then incorporate your kids, your children into helping you and, um, go from there. Well, and I will say too, um, you know, two things, first of all, understand that if you are homeschooling, that is a calling and you are now operating in a vocation. It is the main thing that needs to happen in your day. Everything else um, supports that because that is your vocation. Um, if you were working a full-time job, you would have no more free time to clean. In fact, you'd probably have less. Some of you that have been working full-time and are now homeschooling because of COVID and have left uh, the workforce, you may find that your house is even cleaner because you're all there. Um, and you have the opportunity to do something maybe, maybe over lunch break. Mm -hmm. Um, but the point is that, um, you know, keep the main thing, the main thing. Right. Right. And it won't last forever. You will not be homeschooling forever and your house will still be there. Your closets will still be full and cluttered like mine. Yep. Mine too. Yeah. I've been trying to declutter. Oh, that's on my, that's on my list of things <laughs> to do that I haven't gotten to yet. I just keep hanging with it. I just have to make sure I remind myself it's going to take time. It will. It will. And it's okay. We, we have been given other things that we need to give our attention to. Um, I wanted to uh, tell some fun, fun tips, a couple yeah. of fun tips that we did. And you, you may this may jog your memory of things that you all did in your house. So um, when we uh, were getting ready to move here, I was telling Lisa, this, this seems to be a recurring theme to me uh, for some reason that uh, about 20, 19 years ago, we actually moved from, you know, our previous town and home to the one we're in now. And uh, it must've been a landmark time shift for our family because i seem to bring it up almost every podcast. I'm not sure why, but anyway, so we were of course selling our house and um, uh, we never knew when we were going to get a call from the realtor. I have somebody that I want to bring over in 30 minutes. So here I am trying to homeschool, trying to sell a house and the realtor calls. And so we came up with this, um, strategy called realtor ready in 20 minutes. Whoa. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure of the details of like bathrooms and things like that, but everybody had their little chore that they were to do. Like somebody would take all the school books and put them all away. Um, somebody would deal with the kitchen. Somebody would deal with the bedrooms. And I mean, the kids just scattered and did their thing. They knew what they were supposed to do. And here's where my story about piles really, um, I don't know if it's shameful or <laughs> true confessions, but I really am a pile kind of person. And I had this one counter in the other house that would have probably three piles. 
And so here's my strategy. Realtor ready in 20 minutes, I took paper grocery bags, put the piles in the bags, put the bags in the car. How about that? Yep. Yeah. We've done that before. You got to do what you got to do. Yep. You know, so if you're selling a house and homeschooling at the same time, there you go. Realtor ready in 20 minutes. What a great idea. Yeah. So anyway, it worked for us and uh, it's kind of a chuckle, a funny memory now. Um, The other fun thing that I figured out when my kids were little, like um, maybe five and under, and I could still throw them all in the tub at the same time was I would clean the bathroom while they were in the bathtub. That's a great idea. Oh, it was awesome because they were contained. They were getting clean. So I was really multitasking. I wish I had thought of that. You know, you clean the toilet, you clean the sink, you do the mirror, you wipe the floor, and then the kids are done and you get them out and you've got clean kids and a clean bathroom. Whoa, that's amazing, It was great. I wish I had thought of that. (laughs) Dang. Well, instead of just sitting there waiting for them to finish, you know, and um, yeah, so uh, that's one of my, my the, the tip I am most proud of. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so uh, do you have any stories like that? I can't think of any right off the, off the bat. Uh, the one thing that I will say is that um, once in a while, and I won't say that we did it every day, um, I, don't, I don't really recall how often we did it, but um, right after breakfast, uh, when they would get dressed and do their hair, you know, we required them to be back at the table and ready to work at 8.30. I would say, okay, you've got 30 minutes. I want you to run and clean everything that you can before you come back to the table. And so it was kind of a game. We'd set a timer. Yeah. And you have 30 minutes and let's see how fast you can clean. And what would they clean? Um, they would be pick, they would be uh, making their beds, maybe straightening up the bathroom, cleaning the bathroom if they had time. They might dust. Um, you know, they had certain things that they were capable of at different ages, which, you know, that's one thing we need to get to. Um, but yeah, whatever they could do in 30 minutes. And I would do the same. Mm-hmm. So that's a great idea. I think that even transcends homeschooling. Like uh, I should probably do that now. <laughs> Set my timer for 30 minutes and see how much I can clean. <laughs> I know what you mean. I actually do that sometimes. Yeah. I, I will actually, if I'm not motivated to do something, I'll say, well, I can just set the timer for 25 minutes and I know that it will end I can get as much done as I can in 25 minutes. This has reminded me, I do actually have a tip. One of the things uh, along the way that I learned is, uh, you know, you're you're waiting to go someplace for, and you're waiting for your family to all get ready. You know, you're always the first one ready. And I'm standing in my kitchen and I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. And one of the things that I taught myself is 10 minute jobs, five minute jobs. You know, what can I do in five minutes? What can I do in 10 minutes? Things like I can load the washer. I can fold a load of clothes in 10 minutes. Um, I can load the dishwasher. Mm -hmm. Um, So instead of wasting those times, learn to use the small minutes. I agree. I think that's a really good point. I really like that tip about the the five minute increments. That's a, that's really practical. And I, I know I've done that too myself. Um, well, let me ask you about this. What about a little bit of a shift in the topic here? Instead of house cleaning, what about meal planning? Yeah. So, um, you know, the very definition that you're homeschooling means that you have a family and the troops will not continue without some food and water. 
These what people, is that deal? <laughs> these people, they want to eat. I know, and all the time. Uh, it doesn't matter how, how long it's been since you fed them, they want to eat again. Um, yeah, so, you know, we all have stages in life where we're able to commit to uh, doing more um, time uh, intensive kinds of recipes. And, you know, some of us just don't like cooking. Um, so, you know, we have to kind of calculate that all into the mix. But um, I found over the years that um, there's a lot of value in just planning ahead. For instance, for me, I found out when my kids were little that um, if I started dinner at three in the afternoon, everything would be ready at a decent time so that everybody isn't melting down. Mm -hmm. um, we could get everybody fed and to bed at a normal time. Uh, three o'clock was just magic for me. And somebody else asked me one time, so how did you get all this ready on time? And I told them that and they tried it and it worked really well for them. So um, I, I think it's just a good little practical thing to have that mark in your mind, you know, mm -hmm. that the afternoon is half over. Mm -hmm. Most people eat with kids, pe people that have kids um, will eat right around six, maybe earlier. Um, so just keeping that little mark in mind. Um, another thing for me was um, that there was a particular time when um, I was working part time while I was homeschooling. And um, I started doing the 30 day cooking thing. I did too. Was, was that helpful for you? It was, yeah. it was. Um, there were, I maybe didn't do the full 30 days. I maybe did a couple of weeks and I did enjoy that quite a bit. I loved having a whole day to play in the kitchen and cut and dice right. and, and package and put things in the freezer. Um, there were a lot of recipes that didn't work for our family yeah. and you know, you just tweak and, and change as you go. But I think one of our favorite ones was the, uh, the pizza wheels uh, where you make the, the pizza dough or the bread dough, and then you stuff it, you roll it up with, um, hamburger and cheese, and then you bake them well, you know, with three, three boys in the house. <laughs> And a teenage girl. It they, took you they, all day just to make pizza rolls. Sometimes that's all I would make is, you know, three batches of pizza rolls and they were gone in a week. But um, but that's, you know, that's the idea of yeah. bake ahead, then you've got it handy. Um, I thought that was a great, a great tool. It really was. And, um, you know, even if the recipes in the cookbook didn't necessarily work for your family, it gave you some principles and some guidance about efficiency um, and about uh, it. Uh, what things freeze well so that you could then take that information and create your own meals or take things that your family enjoyed and adapt those maybe for the freezer or those kinds of things. And I say adapt because a lot of times when you freeze things, they tend to dry out. So you may want to add a little more chicken broth mm -hmm. or something. Um, so those kinds of things. In fact, it was such that um, my third child was due on uh, Christmas Day Unfortunately, she didn't come till the 30th, but um, I had filled my freezer up because when my mother, uh, my mother was planning to come when she was born and stay for a week. And um, I didn't want my mother to have to do anything. Mm -hmm. When she came, I wanted her to just, you know, be able to be with the girls and not do anything. So I filled up the freezer. We had really good friends that came for Thanksgiving that year because I couldn't go anywhere. 
And my husband told them at dinner, yeah, I think she thinks she's going to die in childbirth and she's left me enough food to hold me over till the next wife. <laughs> wow. He's a fast worker, huh? I guess. <laughs> but anyway, that's so, great. I mean, that's what we did. And, and then I even adapted that some to include some breakfast, like making some cinnamon rolls or those sure. kinds of things that yeah. work. Um, so anyway, you can have a lot of fun with it and still have a lot of efficiency. It makes your days run smoother. I agree. Um, yeah. And uh, honestly, I've done this in the recent past. Um, uh, I've found some websites that talk about um, freezer meals for the crock pot, ah. which I really love. You know, you uh, one of my favorites is a pot roast with carrots and you season the pot roast with almost a taco seasoning. Okay. And it's just pot roast with carrots and you prepare it, put it in a bag in the freezer. You could do several of them and then eat them once a week. Uh, and just you just throw it in the crock pot then in the morning and you don't even have to mark the three o'clock time because How handy is it's that? making the house smell good all day. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah as far as um, scheduling too and planning, uh, one thing I did... Uh, in the early years and for years, actually probably for about 15 or 20 years is I made the same thing quite often. Like every Tuesday night, we had some kind of lentils. We either had this dish called kushiri, which is lentils and rice, or we had lentil soup. And every Tuesday night it was lentils. So I didn't have to think about what to make for dinner. And I always had those ingredients on hand. And it was easy to start at three o'clock, like you said. So that's that's definitely a tip I would I would encourage moms who are in the thick of homeschooling to think about. Just go ahead and plan plan your week. And if there's one day a week you can do the same thing, do the same thing, and then you don't have to think about at least that one day. Well, and you know, I I think uh, one of the things I did too was I was real heavy on meal planning. So I might have a list of a month's worth of meals that I was going to serve. And part of that was just our reality was at the time um, that a lot of this was going on, we lived on the Outer Banks and I was an hour and 10 minutes from a grocery store. That'll force you to plan. Exactly. So, um, you know, keep those meal plans from month to month. Uh, to save yourself the headache of having to recreate the wheel. Mm -hmm. um, and that creates, you know, you're, you're always about efficiencies. That's one thing. The 30-day cooking creates a different kind of efficiency where you're chopping all the onions for all the dishes you're going to make at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, keep, keep an eye toward efficiency. Well, all this talk about uh, menu planning and budgeting and shopping and, uh, things like that make me wonder if you have any uh, money-saving tips for the grocery bill. Yeah. So, Laura, I'm sure you probably know a lot of this having three boys. Mm -hmm. But, um, it, you know, for me, just making the grocery list in itself and having the discipline to stick to it is a huge money-saving tip. Um, you know, you, you recognize nutritionally what's going to be, uh, what a meal is going to look like, and then you turn that into uh, something that is manageable for you budget-wise. And I really want to emphasize, get a budget. Um, don't go to the grocery store without knowing how much you're going to spend. Um, for us, um, I did coupon some. Um, I will tell you that uh, that has mixed benefit. Mm -hmm. um, it's important to be disciplined uh, because it's easy to get off track and buy something you don't want just because you try to justify it with a coupon. 
Um, so there are those kinds of things to think about. Um, what about you? Well, uh, the thing that comes to mind is my old rule of thumb, which all my kids know. And now that they're out of the house, I still have some of them mention it in passing. Um, and that was that I wouldn't pay more than $2 a box for a box of cereal. Of course, that's a little bit tricky to do these days, but I still keep my eye out when the grocery store has buy two, get three free. Right. I'll just go ahead and get five boxes of cereal because I know eventually someone will come home and eat two of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Maybe not so much. They're, they are getting a little bit older now, a little bit more disciplined. But um, I even had one son say, well, I, I couldn't find a box of cereal that was under $2. But then I did, Mom. And I'm thinking, gosh, I can't even find a box of cereal I under know. $2 these days. But um, so that was one of them. Another one, I'm, I'm with you on the coupons. I did coupons for a while. Um, I really kind of res resist and detest a little bit being driven to buy a brand just because I have a coupon. Mm -hmm. um, and I tend to, I have my favorites and I just tend to buy my favorites. Yeah. Um, what, do you have any other budget, budget friendly tips? Well, I think that if you know the things that your family likes, uh, that enjoys, then um, always have those things in the house so that you can, you've got a quick go-to so that you're not tempted to go run through the drive-through. Mm -hmm. um, drive-throughs will kill you, um, not just in terms of the dollars, but in terms of your health. Um, so definitely keep something in the house that you can go to um, so that you've got something quick for those days when school has run long and everybody has been at the uh, four corners of the planet. Um, something that you can go to quickly and then you don't have to go out. So that's one thing. Um, I think also um, just if, if you prepare snacks for your children, um, I, we never bought sodas. We just didn't buy sodas. And I rarely kept chips or those kinds of things in the house. Any snacks that we had for the girls, I made them. Um, you know, if you want a salty snack, I would make Chex Mix. Or if um, we wanted to have a sweet snack, then I would make cookies. And that's so much cheaper. Snacks are such a high dollar item mm -hmm. and so bad for you. So at least I could control the nutritional quality of things and also how much I spent. Mm -hmm. It's a good tip. It's a good tip. So we hope you have enjoyed uh, today's podcast and gotten a few good tips about uh, house cleaning and menu planning and um, maybe some money saving tips too. And um, hope your homeschool is going well. If you want to leave us a comment on the Anchor app, uh, apparently you can uh, call in and uh, leave a message. So if you do that, we'll be happy to respond and uh, we'll see you next time.